For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Friday, November 17th. Riley Davis back. Riley Friday, it's great to see you, my friend. Uh, are you getting sleep these days? Yeah, a little bit here and there, uh, as you can see by my background. Different location tonight. Um, usually I record either in my room or our guest room. Uh, my wife is sleeping in our room. My mom is staying with us in our guest room, so I moved to the nursery. So that's why you see the lovely baby animals behind me in a crib, because uh, my son doesn't sleep in here yet. He's still sleeping in our room. But yeah, you know, um, podcasting from this comfy rocker, which is nice, but you know, can't can't let the uh, the circumstances slow me down. Had to had to pivot, so we move. Are Are you in a rocker right now? I am. Oh, I couldn't. Even, I I thought you were standing up this whole time. No, I'm just leaning forward, locked in, you know, trying to maintain good posture as I do it. Nice straight back. No, like no hunch or nothing, you know, can't be having your, your, your neck shirt out here. Your shirt, your shirt really blends in with the rocker. I had I no it's... clue that you were in a rocker at all. I thought you were standing up. <laughs> just thought he had a little humpback shoulder situation going on. No, I just figured that every room in Riley house has a stand up desk in it. Mm. That I have considered buying a stand up desk before. So you're not too far off. Yeah, Y'all know me too well. So before I clicked record, I told these guys I want to be quick tonight because uh, Carter and I still have two more previews to do. We're doing this whole like game recap preview model and also trying to do the podcast with more creative stuff. So we have a bunch to preview for Friday. Riley is actually going to help us in this endeavor, we believe. We're still working out the details, but uh, sounds like some of the heat check guys may be involved and Riley Davis was certainly the first call. So you may be seeing more of him on the channel. We're very excited about that in the near future. Uh, But with that said, before we get into the show show i simply have to know the long form answer on how your first trip to canes was this week uh can i save that for my one big thing are we doing one big thing <laughs> we can do one big thing we can i'll, I'll, I'll tease it for people to they people got to hang around to the end for the the full raising canes review all right our, <laughs> our discord wanted to know uh if, if you thought that canes was like actual fried chicken and not just like chicken tenders oh no i knew it was chicken tenders Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you buy that cart? Uh, I don't know because you texted us chicken, fried chicken, and then you also said before the video that you recorded and sent us personally that you're a fried chicken aficionado. Yeah, but in this sense, I'm like, I'm counting tenders as like part of the greater fried chicken umbrella. Like I would still, obviously there's a clear distinction between that and like if you go get a three-piece chicken meal at Bojangles, which would get you like the leg, the thigh, the wing, etc. But I still would say, like, as far as fast food fried chicken goes, I would say like Bojangles, Zaxby's, Canes, they all fun- fall under that same umbrella. I would, I would exclude Chick Fil A because they only, well, I guess Chick Fil A does tenders and strips. I don't know. Chick Fil A just feels different because they want to give the illusion of like slightly nicer, slightly more upscale than these other places. But I would say it's all kind of under the same umbrella. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's a I fair wouldn't say Can- I wouldn't say Canes is a chicken joint though. 
I would say it's like a, but it's like a fried chicken fast food that, restaurant. That is actually exactly what Cane's is. That's all it is. The chicken. I think a chicken joint you ha- like gives you actual real chicken, like breast, thigh, legs, wings, like any number of those combos. Are you guys actually going around in public using the phrase chicken joint? Yeah. Every once that's, in a while. That's, yeah. that's my go-to chicken joint. Okay, there chicken, used to be a chicken, chicken spot. Are you guys there in like a nineteen eighties a... newspaper cartoon? Like, what is this? <laughs> there was a place in Charlotte. Uh, it's called Price's Fried Chicken Coop. Excuse me, Price's Chicken Coop. That was like legendary fried chicken, like actual fried chicken. Like you could get the whole chicken in all its pieces or whatever. Closed a couple of years ago, and I do think of that as my go-to chicken joint, but it doesn't exist anymore. Right, used to right. Chicken Shack. Do you have chicken shacks near you, Greg? No, I do not. Riley cannot talk about any chicken joint without inserting the word fried in it. It's hilarious. Like that. He just, just added another fried to a place that exists and does not have fried in the name. It's incredible stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Stay, hang around for the one big thing presented by Bigby, presented by Riley Davis, presented by Raisin Canes. That'll be exciting. Uh, Car, what's your YouTube comment of the day? Get us started, man. Please save the show. Got you. Uh, my YouTube comment comes from Hot Dangers. Shouldn't y'all rename this podcast something about Big Ten basketball? How are people interested in the topics you discuss supposed to find you? My brother, we're building a brand over here, okay? We're not tied to anybody. We're not connected to anybody. We're we're conference bachelors. We might dabble in the Big Ten because of our teams, but we're talking all, all conferences. So, no, we will not change the name Sleepers. That's what this our foundation was founded on. So, thank you for your comment, but no. Also, like, just incredibly lame name. Like, what, welcome to the Big Ten Basketball Podcast. Yeah. Just... Big, Big Ten Breakdown would be equally as lame. Like, you would end up with an alliteration that just it doesn't sound cool. Big Cats, Big Ten. You, That's kind of fun. You're not allowed to go by Big Cat, like, like you are, but like if that's your end goal is to be the most famous big cat in the world, you're always going to lose. Why? Because there's another big cat. In fact, yeah, there's know, multiple other big cats. There's, is there? Yeah. Why, why do you? What other besides Barstool big cat is there? I guess they're less famous. Like I, I don't even want to reveal who I'm talking about right now. There's there's big cats in my world that are not Carter Elliott. Okay. Also, Barstool Big Cat is 38. So Carter has a good chance to outlive him. Mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> So I'll pay I'll pay my dues and build my brand. So like once I'm 90 and Barstool Big Cat has left us, I'm on. <laughs> Maybe you need to just change your Twitter name to Sleepers Big Cat instead of Carter Elliott underscore underscore. Do you know why there are two underscores under my name? God, we got to stay on topic. Do you know why there's two underscores under my name? No. My name is full of two letters. My last name is literally two L's, two T's, two underscores. Why do we even need an underscore? Because why don't, the you, add, why Carter, don't you add two at signs? Because like, the, the Twitter name Carter at Carter Elliott is taken by some dweeb who didn't answer my DM and wouldn't give me his Twitter name. He has two followers and two people following him. seems like there's a lot of other big cats and a lot of other Carter Elliott's out there then. A lot of competition. And you're okay. you're the underscores guy. 
like Barstool Big Cat underscore underscore. I don't think that's going on. Siri, how popular is the name Gregory? Seems like you know how Siri Greg- works. Let's move on yeah, to the show. Yeah, All right, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna go to the Discord. Uh, hopefully, there's some more positive energy in the Discord. We didn't even send today's episode to the Discord, so we don't have a lot of comments. We're really dropping the ball all over the place. Boom Fizzle starts us off and says, "Do we think Kalel Ware is having buyer's remorse on his choice to transfer to Indiana, or do we think the ability to showcase himself outweighs actual in-season success or lack thereof?" Riley, what do you think? Uh, one word sentence response would be yes. He should yes, comma he should have gone to Arkansas. Mm, that's a fun fit, Cart. No, I think that he feels fine being able to showcase himself and surrounding himself with mid to elevate his game. I agree with Carter for the record. Uh, yeah, I think as long as he gets his 20 and six, he's happy and he's doing that right now. Fam. Uh, no, sorry. I missed one from guy. You're gonna love this one. Cart guy says Nebraska has moved to four and oh, and is top 15 in the T rank since the season started. They've done nothing but play teams that I could get minutes at center on. You buy a Nebraska stock, Riley? Uh, I was this summer. Then I remember they're Nebraska. Mm. They've they're getting like an eyebrow raise from me. That's where I'm at with the Cornhuskers right now. Classic. Yeah. You're doing it. You're doing it early this season. There's that always man. a Cornhusker. There's always a Cornhusker eyebrow raise until Hoiberg comes and glues them shut for you. Both Nebraska and Minnesota, who Carter consistently tells me is the worst team in Big Ten history, have an eyebrow raise from me. We'll see. Uh, guy, we just read Guy's comment. I'm rusty tonight. I'm sorry. Tristan says, which team during Feast Week are you thinking gets exposed against actual competition? Please don't use this as a shot at Pitt. Do we want to save Feast Week for a topic later, potentially, Riley? Yeah, let's let's do that. Okay, we'll do that. Fam says, happy Bluffs Friday to all who celebrate at Bluffs. Can I get your opinion on the Citadel? What is it? Any hot takes? Mm, Citadel, military school near in Charleston. I feel like I've known a couple people to go there. Uh, I, I have heard that they're like plebe year. The first year is like brutal hazing. And it sounds like a like your backup plan if you don't get into like Navy or Army. That sounds bad. I support the troops. <laughs> no, I, I'm just I'm picturing Riley's high I'm picturing Riley's high school and like on the day when it's decision day and you find out if you got in or not, there's like those kids that got in the Citadel that aren't getting excited about getting in. So they kind of just go to the back hallway and break down and call their parents. Because like, they're just about to get oh, hazed. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to UNC anymore. <laughs> uh it's just I mean Charleston's a really cool city though. So you got they got that going for them. They're like probably 10, 15 minutes away from downtown Charleston. Citadel is a great name also. Like just it that, is a cool name. rolls off the tongue. That's a fun one. I believe they're baby blue also. Am I making that mm-hmm. up? Yeah. Great colors. Yeah. We love baby blue in this household. Do you get upset if we call Carolina blue baby blue, Riley? If you're talking about UNC, yes. If you're talking about Marquette, no. Sky blue. Mm, it's like a, it's ca- is that like a we're too good for everybody thing? Well, it's very much like we are the most famous, quote unquote, baby blue and or sky blue team. Therefore, you call it Carolina blue. Uh, so, I'm sorry. LaDainian Tomlinson and Phillip Rivers didn't walk. So you could talk like that. Neither of those dudes got a single ring. Meanwhile, you go to the Dean Dome, you see seven banners in there. This is reeking of like, it's not yellow, it's maize energy right now. I don't like that. 
Like, hey, l- look at our titles in the 1907s. Okay, we only have one tie. We only well, only one of those banners was in like the. We have three topics. Riley has the topics. Uh, I did ask him to send them this time, just because I was pre-making the thumbnails. So we don't need to pretend that we don't know the topics this time. But Riley, still steer the ship, please. What is topic number one? All right, topic number one is the St. John's Red Storm because you heard it, I heard it. All off season was Rick Rick Patino's here to save the program. He said. All the he talked all this like made all these comments about how he's here to win right away. His fans are saying he's not coming to win five years from now. He's coming to win immediately. They got smacked by Michigan earlier in the week. They needed North Texas to miss like five shots down the stretch to come out with a one point win today in the Charleston Classic. Me personally, when I look at this team, when I look at this roster, I see so many mid-major guys to where I'm like, why is this team good? Is this team going to put it all together? Where are we at with the St. John's Red Storm? Go ahead, Cart. I'll go first on this, and I'll I'll preface this by saying this statement that I'm about to say is my opinion, my point. You can take it exactly how you want to. But when I watch St. John's play, all it is is a bunch of mid-major guys who want to transfer to a bigger school, and that's it. They want to transfer to a bigger school, and they want to play for Rick Pitino. I don't think they have any interest in playing together. I don't think they have any interest in winning. I don't think they have any in- interest in hustling, winning, doing anything of that matter. I really just think that they wanted to play on a bigger stage, play in the Big East, and play for the big splash name coach and Rick Pitino. I, I don't think that they make winning basketball plays. I don't think that these guys play for each other. There's there's really an underrated factor in playing against teams that actually play for each other. I mean, granted, I'm watching this Minnesota game right now, and Minnesota plays for each other, and they play hard, which is crazy to say. Say what you want about their talent, but they play for each other, and they play hard, and that can actually do wonders for you on the college basketball court. I don't think St. John's has that. Do they get that? Personally, I don't think so, because I think either you have that or you don't. You can fix offensive issues. You can fix defensive issues. You can fix scheme issues. But if you don't have guys that want to play hard, play for themselves, play for the guy next to you, I don't think you could be successful at any level, especially not in the Big East. So I, I just don't see it with this team. Uh, I'm I'm very much not a mid-major up transfer guy. Everybody knows this. I, I just complain about it. I think more often than not, it doesn't work. And if it does work, it usually works in year two. Like, hello, Jalen Pickett. Hello, Tyson Walker. These guys need a massive adjustment curve. And I think with with transfers in general right now, obviously, it's all about fit. Everyone's unique. But there's a lot of motivation levels I'm questioning. And guys that are in their final year that know they're not going to be NBA players seem like the type of transfers I would want to avoid. Guys who are just like getting a paycheck, knowing they're done playing basketball in April, and then they're on to finance or a career in Lithuanian basketball like that. Those guys are not the most motivated to me. They know what their career is and they're old and they've accepted that. Let's get the bag while we can. I think St. John's has a ton of those guys. And I, uh, I got duped because I was actually pretty impressed with St. John's against Michigan, mostly because I thought Michigan played their a plus offensive game in the first half. And St. John's was right there. Like, I kept texting Cart and other people, I can't believe this is a game. I don't know how Michigan's not up 15 with how they're – like, Namari Burnett's 7 for 7 from the floor before the second media timeout, and we're tied. I was baffled by that. 
Um, tonight in the first half, I thought St. John's looked really good. I thought they were suffocating defensively. I thought the offense seemed confident, seemed like it had a purpose, knew where the ball needed to get, was sharing the ball. Uh, Dennis Jenkins was really good. Everything made sense to me. And then in the second half, it's like they got tight and everybody looked around like, whoa, I'm not an alpha. And luckily, Soriano made the plays late. I think uh, he can be the best player on a team that wins some games, in my opinion. But they're going to need him to be because I don't think Jordan Dingle's that guy. I can promise you Chris Ledlam is not that guy, although he did attempt one of the most uh, ambitious dunk attempts I've ever seen in a tie basketball game. But, yeah, I, I think in general this is just kind of like a bubbly roster right now. Yeah, there even with Ledlam and that dunk attempt, like you can't wear a, a shirt under your jersey and attempt that dunk. <laughs> like, am I off on that? Like, that's not a that's not the type of dunk that someone who wears like a dry fit under their jersey makes. Like you, you uh, Riley, let me let me let me fill you in on exactly why Ledlam's wearing a dry fit tight t-shirt uh, this this is this is classic 101 chunky in the back you get that dry fit because it constricts it's like kind of like basketball version of of skins yeah so like you know accentuates the arms really gets you feeling svelte in in high school that was my bag i stayed with the dry fit and let me tell you like you know how camera add 10 pounds dry fit drops you down seven and a half i promise you <laughs> so what you're telling me is let looks even more like a center when he's not wearing a dry fit than when he has it yeah, let them shake like Jason Kelsey. <laughs> oh, jeez, man, that's that's brutal for me to hear. Um, but I, don't know. I mean, I, I, res- I respect it, but like that he attempted the dunk, but he finished two for seven today. Like, I know that North Texas has a really good defense, and that's a system there that works. They take the air out of the ball. They've pulled off some big upsets. Like, I don't want to undersell that. Like, that's a tough team to beat. Um, but I just like Ledlam was two for seven tonight. He was one for seven against Michigan. And I think Danish Jenkins, he shot 33% like in this game and the one against Michigan as well. Like just looking up and down this roster, even like Simeon Wilcher, who's supposed to be your blue chipper fringe five-star guy got three minutes and Nahima lean. I know he's still a role player, but played for a national championship team a year ago, had a role there, only played 12 minutes. Meanwhile, Jenkins is getting 38 minutes. Ledlam's getting 31 minutes. Dingle with 27. Like all these mid-major dudes, I think are just playing way too much for what this team is supposed to be. But I don't really know if there are answers out. Like Zuby Eggio for another guy who's a former McDonald's All-American five-star kid got six minutes. It's it's a weird roster, and I don't know if I see any immediate fix unless like Zuby and Sim and Sim just like become contributors by middle of conference play. Maybe. I don't know. I would play uh, Naheem Aline. That's what I would do. And I, I know he's not like a, a star or anything, but he definitely spaces the floor. He got four attempts up in 12 minutes. Uh, he only hit one of them, but it was a critical one. It went from a tie game to a three point game when he hit it. It was clutch. So he's like, also, he's also, he's also, he's also a winner. Like yeah, on, a yeah, roster of guys, on a roster of guys that haven't won previously. I mean, Dingle was pretty successful in the Ivy league, but mm-hmm. like, for the most part, like that's a that's a roster we, of guys who haven't won. Are we counting Ivy League success as success? Didn't they actually have success like in the actual NCAA tournament too, though? Or no? Am I making that up? Did Penn ever make a tournament? I might I feel be like making they that did up. when he was there. 
feel like you're just and, like the job the job interview who sees Ivy League on a resume and stars it and says we're going to hire that guy without looking at anything they've actually done. I, they I haven't been the to the dance since 2018. Okay, okay so right. I'm just saying. Um, I don't know, but yeah, with Aline, I remember when he was at Virginia Tech, that dude was nasty. Like he was running off of screens and it was a, he was a bucket, a flamethrower. Like he torched Carolina a couple times. I remember, and I remember when UConn got him thinking like, Oh, this is a huge get. Now he only shot like 30% from three there, but maybe that's just cause he was behind Jordan Hawkins, you know, like I don't see how this dude isn't getting more minutes. Yeah. I, I actually, this, this is, has made me feel even better about my bold prediction that someone is quitting this team. Mid-season. <laughs> it's a great prediction. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about that. Uh, Riley, before we move on to your next topic, I'm sorry, Ulamog. You're getting a live reaction right here. The Tigers are here, Gregory. Just let that be known. The run uh, is happening. I, there's a lot there's of work. Gonna push? It's a lot, there's a lot of work to be done. But, yeah, it's on in the background right now. We're, we're just not supposed to acknowledge that. Uh, sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, yeah. Who? So we still think it's Ledlam? That was your pick at the time, right? Yeah, Ledlam was who, who I predicted. For the record, that missed free throws on you, Card. Sorry. It's okay. I love you, but like, come on, dog. Come on. Yeah, we had you're, right. you're, you're uh, right. That's, I'm better than that. Ledlam's definitely the guy who leaves. He like, are, are, is there any chance Riley's a Pokemon guy? Why do I feel like he might be like a Pokemon <laughs> lore guy? I'm not a Pokemon lore guy. Not a Pokemon <laughs> what is, guy? What the hell is Pokemon lore? Yeah. Well, just some people are like really into Pokemon. I'm not uh, like, like oh, the lore of Pokemon. The yeah. lore yeah. of Pokemon. Okay. I thought it yeah. was like a, a separate chapter or something. No, like you're going to hit me with like, oh yeah, I owned like game, game and game. Like my XP is like, I don't know what any of that means. I just, <laughs> I I know a few Pokemon, right? Um, with that said, I feel like Ledlam is like an unevolved Grant Williams. That's where I'm at with it. Like he's the base level Grant Williams. And then as you mm-hmm. get better and better, you become Grant Williams. He's Bulbasaur, and then he can evolve into uh, Grantosaur. Yeah, Barbasaur, or whatever the next one up is. That's what I was looking for from you. You got some Pokemon lore in you. That's nice. Yeah, I had Pokemon cards as a young kid. Nice. I mean, I once sold, I once sold a kid a fake Blue Eyes White Dragon. In Yu Gi Oh, I was a Yu Gi Oh for Pokemon. Oh, that's Yu Gi Oh, isn't it? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I did that. I think I tried. <laughs> I, I used probably to. Sold it, I probably sold it to someone from Riley's high school. I used to print out like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards and like tape them over other cards, like better cards, and try to say like, "Oh yeah, this one just like went." I left it in my pocket and went through the washing machine. Oh, that's crazy! It is crazy. <laughs> All right, let's go to topic number two. Uh, actually, no. One final thing on St. John's. Where does their season end? Like, do they I mean, make the NCAA tournament? Do they lose in the first? No. Round? Go further. Where Where does the season no. end? I don't no. think there's. I don't want to say there's no way they make the NCAA tournament, but I, they feel like a NIT team that like is pissed to be there and loses in the second round. I don't think they make the NIT. Wow. Oh, come on. They're better than that. All right. There's... I'll be the only guy who says I think they make the tournament. It's Rick Patino. I think he finds a way. Uh, by the way, Car, isn't Soriano like right up your alley as like an archetype guy? Like, why do you not love Joel Soriano more? I do love Joel Soriano. I'm so, I'm sorry that he's surrounded by players that don't want it. It's a damn shame. He seems awesome. Like I I really love his game. He it, he is awesome. I do like his game. Yeah, he looked good. I didn't realize his wingspan was that long too. Like he's you you see the tools when he's altering shots and everything. Yeah, I love he, Soriano. Shooting threes now too and hitting mm-hmm. 
Like I, I buy the shot for real. It's impressive. All right, Riley, what's next? Yeah. Topic number two, we're going to do miniature feast week preview, um, but a little more, more broad view of it and just talk about which teams have the most to prove this upcoming. Wait, week. Did you say mini feast week? What did I, did I, I said, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm asking you, did you say mini feast week? I said mini feast week preview. Okay. One might say that it's a appetizer. A fried chicken appetizer. Oh, right. Riley didn't like that part. I I knew where you were going. I, I really thought that. Was, I thought that was great. I really and liked a, it. Appetizer for the week. Yeah. All right, let's do an appetizer preview. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, what, how do you want to run this, Riley? What do you want from us? Uh, I want to hear y'all's teams first for which teams you think have the most to prove, and then I'll share. I have two, actually, really three that came to mind. Um, yeah, I'm not going to spoil them, but. One may be of particular interest to a Discord member who has been insulted that he's shaped like a lunch lady by none other than Carter <laughs> Elliott before. Uh, he, yeah, tr- I mean, Tristan straight up asked for this and then said, please don't diss my team. So I'm sure he'll be very excited about this. Um, the work that's on Minton. Whoa, sorry. I just have some, some loud music coming. I was trying to look up the Maui Invitational bracket and got hit with a YouTube ad. That's horrible. So there's a couple teams in Maui that I have my eye on. Uh, Everybody knows this is like on paper, the most loaded tournament field ever. I think you could say whoever wins this tournament obviously proved a lot. I have my eye on a couple of the non biggest names, this tournament. Like I think we know Tennessee is really good. They're going to show up and regardless if they win one game or three games, they're really good. Same for Marquette, same for Kansas. I have no questions on those three teams, and I'll, I'll throw Purdue in there. I've, I don't have questions on if those four teams are good. But then you look at the rest of this field, which is still really good, and it includes Gonzaga, it includes Syracuse, it includes UCLA. All three of those teams are teams that I have circled for various reasons in the non-conference. Gonzaga, we had our questions about early. Then St. Mary's went down. They're kind of looking like no matter what, it's still like the conference is going to run through them. And if they can come into this tournament and like win two games, I think it's time to actually acknowledge like Gonzaga is here to stay and they didn't take a step backwards at all. Going to Syracuse, I gassed them up all offseason, right? I mean, I gassed them up constantly and said this team has the best backcourt in the ACC. Judah Mintz, ACC player of the year. His numbers are pretty good. They were really good in the first game and – they're I mean, they're just not good. Like, even though those guys are good, the team as a whole isn't good on paper. I would expect Syracuse loses every game they play in this tournament until they play Chaminade. But if they can steal one against somebody that matters, maybe that lights a little bit of a spark plug. And then the last one for me is UCLA, who I think a lot of people will want to lump in with the first group of teams we know are good. We don't know UCLA is good. They're, mm-hmm. They haven't covered a game this season. They've been 30-point favorites in every single game. They were trailing at the half to a team that is horrible. I don't even remember the team's name. But, like, they, they've really struggled. Some of their overseas freshmen that were coming have not played yet. Like, Burke hasn't played yet. I do have a little report from, from ears within the gym on the West Coast that Burke is going to be available for the Maui Invitational. From the first game on, that's the expectation. Uh, breaking news on sleepers. And uh, Demara finally played more than 11 minutes in this this last game. They still missed a cover by like 12 points, though. So those are the three I have my eyes on. I cheated. I went all from one tournament. But uh, that's what I'm most excited for in the main course of Feast Week. Car, what do you got? Hmm. So I think for me, 
if I can somehow get to a Syracuse Gonzaga matchup, I'm sorry, a Syracuse uh, Purdue matchup, I think for me, and that is possible if I'm not reading the bracket incorrectly, right? Can anyone fact check me on that? I can fact check you on that. You want Syracuse and Purdue? Yes. Is that is that possible? Let's let's check the bracket out, my friends. Okay. Give me a moment. Because that because that for me, the guards of Syracuse going up against the Purdue guards. Like this, this is when you finally see, you know, some guards that can hang with Braden Smith and can hang with Fletcher Lawyer and Lance Jones and all that. I would love to see what those I would love to see what those guys are made of and what they look like against Judah Mintz and J.J. Starling. Now, is it unlikely that that Syracuse team gets past Tennessee? Yes. But if I could have it my way, I would love to see that Purdue team match up with the Syracuse team. I think it'd be interesting. Syracuse Um, will face Purdue if both teams win their first game or if both teams lose their first game. Okay. Who's Purdue's first game against? Purdue has Gonzaga opening round. Syracuse has Tennessee, which, again, way too much orange. Yeah, way too much. Uh, and Greg, I'm surprised you didn't say this and stayed in the one event. I think this is for the whole everyone on this Zoom call. I think what everyone wants to see is uh, Atlantis. Like that's, I think that's filled with great teams. I think Villanova is the worst team in that in that tournament. I truly think it is. Like you got Arkansas in there, you got UNC, Memphis, who I think people are sleeping on. Old, play hard, play together. Like everything that you want St. John's to do, Memphis is actually doing, and it looks good. Um, I'm all in on the Tigers this year. I will continue to hold my stock for them. But, yeah, like I, I'm very, very intrigued. I think that's going to be my favorite favorite one. And then the last one that I'll talk about is if we can end up getting a matchup at MSG between me and Riley's Texas Longhorns and the defending national champion, UConn Huskies. Mm. I need I need that. that cool. That'll be Great cinema. Cool. That'll be cinema. Hard. I feel like we actually just got hit with like a full blown Thanksgiving meal. Like I feel like you brought out like the the Sorry. rolls first, and then you came with like mac and cheese. Like you served the turkey. All of it happened at once. I don't know what to choose from here. Um, I love all your answers. For the record, I want to just quick respond to the battle for Atlantis one, and kind of maybe throw it back to Riley since both our teams. Mm-hmm. Are in this you said there's great teams everywhere in the battle for Atlantis. What if there? Did I did I, did I say great? Uh huh. Oh. I think somebody Sorry. good teams. Somebody can fact check me. I know we got a lot of people that are fixated on words you use in this program, but I'm pretty sure you said there's great teams everywhere. Uh, my counterpoint to you would be: What if there's not a great team in this tournament? I don't I, think there's, there is. There's, well, then there's all they're all good teams. Uh, yeah, you, you maybe, maybe. I think we're gonna learn a lot about a lot of these teams. Like we're gonna learn. Is Memphis good or are they Memphis? We're going to learn, is North Carolina last year North Carolina or are they this year North Carolina? We're going to learn, is this Michigan start a joke or is it for real? We're going to learn uh, Arkansas. Arkansas looked really bad, by the way. I think Arkansas is probably the best team here, but I am i don't know. I think there's a lot of winnable games for whoever's actually good here. Yeah, yeah especially, Arkan- play, especially whatever team plays Villanova. UNC might get Villanova in the second round, which... Uh, Perfect. If this makes it back to the coaching staff, please, please practice a two-three zone between now and then because Villanova is helpless against it. Just watch the Pin Quakers. Uh, but yeah, my my two the two that stuck out to me were from Atlantis with Arkansas and UNC. Um, Arkansas struggled a little bit in the first half against Gardner Webb, struggled against Old Dominion well into the second half. And what's interesting is they're shooting 40% from three right now. 
um, as a team, which was like supposed to be their biggest concern coming into the game because, you know, Caleb Battle had been hit or miss from three throughout his career. Tremont Mark was not, hasn't been a shooter at, at Villanova, or excuse me, at uh, Houston. Uh, L. Ellis was streaky throughout his time at Louisville. And for the most part, like Trevon Brazil is hitting threes right now. Battle and Mark have both been hitting threes. It's those haven't been the issues. Um, I guess it's been more on the defensive side, maybe like they gave up, they allowed Old Dominion to score 77 on them at home. And yeah, that's where I'm wanting to see like, is this typical, like a must bust fool you where he always has teams? Like, I want to say that one of the teams that made the Elite Eight lost to Hofstra in the non conference. Like, it's very, could very well be possible that we see the hogs completely re-energized in Atlantis and they win the whole thing. You know, that wouldn't be surprising at all, but we got to see how all these pieces fit um, against legitimate competition. And Carolina is a little bit of the same way, just like Arkansas. They have seven transfers coming in, two freshmen, brand new team. And yeah, they have, they like battled with Radford well into the second half and allowed Lehigh to erase a 15 point deficit in the, the second half and get within three. Um, and there's been a lot of mixing and matchings of rotations. And the more and more I look at this UNC team, like personally, yeah, I think Elliot Cadeau should be the fifth starter. Um, they're really good at the one and the five with RJ and Armando, both of who are, are, are living up to the pedigree or playing some of the best ball of their career. I think Harrison Ingram has looked awesome as well. I think Cormac Ryan, he's been a little bit streaky from three, but can get there. But the question mark for them is like, who's going to fill that fifth starter role? Is it going to be Paxson Wojcik? Is it going to be Jalen Withers? Is it going to be Elliot Cadeau? I'm like, there's a very obvious answer here, but I don't think the the coaching staff sees it the same way I do to where like we should learn about that this upcoming week as well. Like can one of those dudes be serviceable when the competition gets to these like top 50 or top 25 teams? Yeah, those first two guys are all right. RJ and Mondo. All right. All right. Thanks, Greg. Uh, I know... I mean, they're getting their numbers in, in dog fights again. That's kind of been their whole thing, right? Okay, RJ RJ has looked on un, borderline unguardable this year. Mm-hmm. I know it's been against two mid majors, but we'll see. Like that is gonna be I'll go ahead and make that prediction that he's he's gonna average over twenty points per game in Atlantis. Uh, mm-hmm. how would how do how do we get Michigan versus UNC in this tournament? You it has guys to be know the, the championship. It had to be yeah. the championship. Yeah. It'll be mm-hmm. okay. Doug cannot check RJ, Greg. I'm sorry. I'm gonna tell you that now. Doug wouldn't be checking RJ. I guess it'd be Namari. Yeah, and Namari. Namari can't check Namari him either. Can Namari, check Namari cannot check RJ either. Namari definitely can check RJ. Um, He's going to give whoever whoever's on him buckets. I hope we get the opportunity to preview and recap this together. That'd be really fun. Um, here's here's why I will do one quick pitch on why you should uh, consider Michigan to win this tournament. Michigan has looked unstoppable offensively when they play teams that want to speed them up. Every single team in this field wants to speed them up. They will not play a team the entire tournament that wants this to be a half-court game. If you want to speed Doug McDaniel up, more power to you, my friends. I don't think there's a player in this tournament, whether it's the Arkansas backcourt or R.J. Davis or whoever the hell will line up from Doug McDaniel that can win one-on-one against him in a sped-up ballgame. Does Villanova speed people up? We're not going to play Villanova. Okay. (laughs) Okay, just just wondering. I think that Carolina's be- looked pretty good be- running this year. I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll I'll let you know that they got multiple dudes who can lead the break. 
I don't know. It's going to be, it will be scenes if we get RJ versus Doug. And I'm still, I loved, I think Doug has been incredible, but hopefully I will be doing a Chug McDaniel that night when either RJ or Elliot has a 20 and eight game. Doug Cadell will slap. Ah, I mean, we need like, you don't even have a cool name for what you would do if your player went for 20 and eight. Like that's, that's how you know, you know, we got, we got a few days. Uh, last team I wanted to mention was something to prove is Pitt. I was going to talk about them even before Tristan highlighted them. I like, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's Pitt, but they've already elevated themselves to a top 50 team on Kimpom. We have to give respect there. Carlton Carrington has like beat the odds of being named Carlton yeah, Bub. on this podcast, Bub. he goes by Bub. Okay. <laughs> and he's been lighting it up with a triple double and like just being generally awesome. Uh, Blake Henson's averaging over 20 points a game. And they got two, they, got, they have a decent test in Florida. If they get past them, they get a really good test in Baylor. And I, I'm pretty interested to see like, is Pitt just going to go right back to being a bottom feeder in the ACC or can they like, be on the right side of the bubble, maybe even higher this year. I like Pitt. I like Bub mostly, but I I think Blake Hinson's really good. I think Bub is an actual NBA guy, like immediately. I said that earlier this week, but it's hard to deny when you actually sit back and watch his game. Like the kid, the kid is special. He's one of the best guards in the country immediately. Um, he kind of has it mentally too. Like he's not just doing this. When I watch him in a game, he's not doing it just off like raw talent and that's it. Like he has the pace stuff down. He has like the sense of the moment stuff down, which uh, to me is what you need. If you're going to play a freshman guard and have him be your featured player, you need that element as much as you need the talent in order to have a successful season. So I see it with him. I am. Uh, I don't know. I know you said we call him Bub here. Also, like his real name's Carlton Carrington. Shouldn't we like like that's a great name on its own. So it is, is Bub, but, but like, but I also think like no one wants to be no one like Carlton. I just can't. You just think about the French Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Carlton. Alliteration though. C C C ten C ten. The C ten C ten is dope. I just wish it wasn't Carlton. Hmm. Okay, I guess that's fair. Carlson, uh, if I could give the Carrington family any advice, Carlson Carrington would have been cooler. That's very true. That's very fair. All right, well, hopefully we get some matchups that we want out of this game or out of this tournament. Uh, going back to Battle for Atlantis, that is. I want to talk to Riley about North Carolina and Michigan if we get the opportunity. We've gotten to do it a bunch of years lately. I'd really like to do it this season as well. What's your final topic here, Mr. Davis? This was uh, predictions for this upcoming weekend. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, predictions for this upcoming weekend? Yeah, any, anything oh. that you got you got on tap. Mm. I kind of already brought this up, but I think that UConn really embarrasses Indiana. Like, I think it gets ugly. And, like, it's things have been – they've been winning games, but everything hasn't looked pretty. And I think fans are getting a little uneasy. And I think, like, a 20-ish point never-in-doubt route kind of, you know – Sets the alarms off for real, and and for what it's worth, I'd love to see that. What's uh, what's the number when you say you think it could be a blowout? What's the number? Twenty five plus points. Call your shot. What do you mean? Like twenty five plus is a big window. That's like what I did with Michigan and uh, St. John's the other day, and then it was like close. But like, call your shot. Is this thirty nine point blowout or is this a twenty five? They, they they lose by twenty eight points. Okay. 
Not I love that prediction. I was thinking like when I saw after watching Indiana again struggle with Wright State, uh yeah, I think UConn's gonna make light work. If they're if they're giving up that many threes to uh, some guy who hasn't scored named Wellage, what is Cam Spencer gonna do to them boys? What is Caravan gonna do? What is Tristan Newton gonna do? Like and then they got Klingon down low to contain where? Mm. It's gonna get spicy. Okay, so I I like the prediction. I think you're right. The only thing I want to add is I think it will be like a 20 to 25 point loss, but I think Kalel Ware is going to be incredible in it, which is worse for Indiana. Like if Ware shows up and is great and they still get 30 piece, that's what I think will happen in this game. <laughs> you got any predictions besides that, Greg, for this weekend? I don't know. This slate stinks, right? Like, Yeah, it's not especially good. I have one in mind for like a I'm sort so- of – Oh wow, we get Riley. Maryland. We get Riley. Maryland Villanova tomorrow. Riley, I, may I take this moment for just a moment? Riley, Riley, I'm Riley. So the, the agenda never dies. It it might it might be on life support, but my friend, it will never ever die. About our Longhorns or about something else? About a certain <laughs> player's brother who played at Michigan State. The agenda will not die. Oh, Shout to Christy. Three Man Weave. The Missouri Tigers are here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just take a moment to uh, to thank my fans. Um, I'd like to thank my mom and dad for putting me in this position and all support through the years. Um, I'd like to thank Riley Davis for being here. This is the biggest moment of my betting season. I'm calling it right now. The back was against the wall. There were people chirping. There were chirps. I got some people in the mentions. Got some people even in the Discord that are big-time supporters kind of looking at me sideways. Like, oh, oh, Greg, what's going on? Oh, your two-unit plays down 18 with 10 minutes left. No, they just rattled off a quick 24-2 to run to end the game. Are you, That's what happened. Are you, are you under the influence? or like, I, Do I just not get this because I don't gamble? Uh, <laughs> I think you don't get it because you don't gamble. But also, Cart, like, what is – no offense, Riley. I'm sure you have a very happy, fulfilled life. I can't imagine a life without the thrill of a good gambling win. Why would you want to rob yourself of what we're experiencing right now? Like, what's Riley, what's the greatest euphoric feeling you've ever had in your life? Mm. Outside of your child, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess probably when Carolina won the national championship in 2017 and like running on to, oh, or the Buck Super Bowl win. In either 2003 or 2021, take your pick. Probably 2003 because I was eight and like sports ones just hit different back then. You could have left that take your pick to yourself, but okay. (laughs) Never Uh, forget, I got rejected from the Lions bandwagon because we have Super Bowls, plural. (laughs) Um, As far as gambling, though, I like. I I feel like I get emotionally invested in sports enough. Like I really can't imagine adding any more stress to that. Super fair. Um, and every yeah. time I say, every time I say, like, oh, if I were to gamble, I would make this pick, it's always wrong. Well, like to be we, I've said that in some of our group chats and they never hit. Riley Davis picks are always off. What are you going to say, though, Greg? No, it's it's a hard life. It's a hard life. I was born into this life for the record, as was Carter. Like, your family's been taking you to Las Vegas during the NCAA tournament since you were six. Like, I, my father has put blood, sweat, and tears into the gaming industry. It's who he is. Yeah. My first casino there, trip, I was on dollar slot machines as an 11-year-old. Yeah, There's rumors that my mother went into labor in MGM Casino in downtown Detroit. I can't confirm them, but the rumors have swirled the past couple of years. 
Yeah, we didn't ask for this life, Riley. It just is what it is. Sorry. Anyways, we got sidetracked. Ulamog, I'm so sorry. But that was just a, a, a night-altering event there. Uh, the weekend slate itself is not good. This is probably the last, like, not great weekend slate of the season, though, right? Yeah, I mean, sounds about I mean, right. But I mean, but you get maybe UConn, some in December. Indiana. You get UConn, oh. Indiana. What else do we have this weekend? So That's my it. my <laughs> my prediction. This is like an under the radar MTE. Providence is playing in the Bahamar, and I like them to win it. Beat uh, Kansas State and probably Miami. Ooh, Miami too. Mm-hmm. Providence is really good. Like they they defend. They got good guards. Like. Garway Dual is hardly doing anything. Uh, he had one big game, but I think he only had two or three points in their last one against Wisconsin. But he's supposed to be like a, a lottery type talent, and he's shown some flashes. He's really shifty and good playmaker. Devin Carter's been shooting the ball well. Like, I like this roster construction, and I kind of think that Miami's a little more susceptible than we realized. I love that pick. I was really impressed with Providence against Wisconsin, but also like caveat that it was against Wisconsin. But and at and at home at Providence. Yeah, I so okay. Can I go real spicy here? I don't have a prediction for the weekend, so I'm just gonna add spice to Riley's, like just a little sprinkle here. Are we sure that Kim English isn't like a major upgrade from Ed Cooley? Ooh, like are we positive that's not a potential outcome here? Maybe I don't know. He just didn't really do much at George Mason. Yeah, like he hasn't, he didn't do anything at George Mason, really. And he got talent there. So obviously, you've watched enough Providence to inform your prediction that they're going to win this event, right, Riley? Like, have you ever seen a Providence offense look this good? Fair point. Uh, maybe like the Chris Dunn, Ben Bentil days. I love that team. I mean, Dante fun team, but even those teams were running the flex. Like there's there's a, there's always a ceiling yeah. on a on an Ed Cooley team, right? Because they're mm-hmm. just gonna run the little deflection action over and over. Yeah, we we gotta clip this and somehow get it to Providence Twitter. It'll, <laughs> It'll yeah, seriously, it. clip this and we 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 will we will get plenty of views. Well, I'm sorry, I just I'm here to say like you need to hold me accountable and ask better questions. I'm out. <laughs> also, Wait, can we, I say my okay. my little Ed Cooley anecdote? Like I was at the. Please. Also, yeah, clip this for Providence fans. Um, at the NCAA tournament in Greensboro, after they got packed up by Kentucky, literally a Providence beat reporter said, Ed, is this your last game coaching Providence? And he got very offended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, like, that, pre- that, that press conference thing was weird to me. The whole tough questions thing was, yeah, I don't know. I like, I don't know. Ed Cooley seems like a cool dude. Like, he seems like he'd be a good hang. But his some of his press conference, like, rants have been a bit odd are you saying that you think that ed cooley's pretty cool i am i do think ed cooley's pretty cool okay so do i for so do i for the record so is greg just abandoning us for the one big thing literally we're at the end yeah i guess so do we want to hit do we want to you want to intro a cart you want me to i I guess i'll intro it uh i'll intro the one big thing today and i want to throw it to you though first because I need these Canes takes and you already gave us a little sneak preview of what it's going to be. So for everyone who stuck around for Riley's Kane takes, the floor is yours. Yeah. So uh, I let Greg and Cart know this ahead of time. I was a little bit skeptical of the Raising Canes hype just because no offense. I've heard a lot of Midwesterners and a lot of Northeasterners and a lot of like DC type folks hype this place up. And like I said, I like 
growing up in North Carolina, we eat a lot of fried chicken and I'm putting chicken tenders underneath that umbrella. So I have high standards, but it just like, it completely lived up to the hype. And then some thought the tenders were perfect, very well seasoned, perfectly crispy, very tender as the name would suggest no rubbery bites at all. Like there was not a bad bite of a chicken tender there. I really like that raising canes knows what it is too, to where it's like, we have chicken tenders, we have slaw, we have toast. We don't need to dress it up with like, any extra fluff this is what you get and uh cane sauce incredible i am not a huge sauce guy like i like sauce but i don't i wouldn't say like i have to always have sauce um like i even i I said like you can measure a good french fry if it doesn't need ketchup and like i think chick-fil-a fries you don't even need to put anything on them they're that good uh but i was i was like that cane sauce like i could not get enough of it went through both of the containers of it um toast was great as well very fluffy very buttery and yeah it was just good atmosphere it's on franklin street on unc like right by unc's campus they had a bunch of like tar heel decor in there which was nice um so overall i'd give it like as again as far as fast food goes 10 out of 10 easily only complaint was french fries were like slightly bland could use a little more flavor the the crinkle cut fries like not the best but you don't really go to canes for the fries it seems like the, the fried chicken and the toast more than made up for it man that toast that we, we got the first raising canes i think it's the only one in michigan currently it's actually in east lansing uh and man it hits every time caniac combo no slaw extra toast extra side of sauce man it just is the way to go it's it's, it's absolutely undefeated um my one big thing is i don't know i actually feel like i've talked about this before so if i'm repeating myself i i 100 i 100% apologize but it also won't be the first time that i repeat myself probably on this podcast but my one big thing is that do not invite me to any get together or function that involves eating if we're going to a tapas or small plates place <laughs> do not do not invite me. That is, that's dumb. I don't like it. It's not fun. I don't want to share with you. I don't even know if I, even if I'm like going with my family, I don't want to share with you. I don't. So let's just not do that. Let's just be grown ups. Let's go to place with a menu and order what you want to eat. Kind of like tapas places, but I, I get the, I get the frustration. I was skeptical of it until I found some like good tapas restaurants. No, completely out on tapas places. Also completely out on, Actually, you know, I'll save my Thanksgiving food takes for next week for the actual Thanksgiving week, but we will have some Thanksgiving food takes next week. Should we uh should we do a one big thing for Greg? Yeah, uh I think my one big thing for Greg is I didn't think that I was gonna get out of here without a one big thing. (laughs) Did you? Uh, Come on, come on, come on. Uh I I actually have a small thing, a medium thing, and a big thing. Is that all right, Carter? Is that okay? Pause pause but yeah okay thank you we, we do a segment called one big thing daily and you're gonna pause me when i bring out other things tonight come on uh my small thing is this riley did you just say that chick-fil-a fries are good enough they don't need ketchup yes you're putting chick-fil-a fries in like some top tier french fry that, i that think is they true. are that they the Chick-fil-A are. fries are they really are good they are oh boy am i are you putting what are you putting mcdonald's mcdonald's first as far as like fast food fries go, honestly, like I, I don't think McDonald's is like untouchable or anything, but I, I actively sometimes do not go to Chick-fil-A because of their fries. I think oh, they're just wow. bland, bland in the minority. No, I love Chick-fil-A fries. Chick-fil-A fries go crazy. Ugh. 
I, I don't trust your fry palates, boys. I'm sorry. And I like to think uh, of myself as a little bit of a fry connoisseur. All right, move on to the next one. Okay, I mean, come on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my medium your palate thing... is comparable to Chris Ledlam. Yeah, we have – Greg does have some questionable food takes, so if anything, yeah, it makes pa- me feel no, more it's, justified. It's not, no, let's, let's call it like it is, right? The, the kid's amazing. We both love him like a brother. His palate stinks. It's awful. It is. It's his one downfall, to be honest. Everything else, he's. I, I think he's great at. He does amazing. Yeah. When I heard bad. some, when I heard some of Greg's food takes, it made me like. There was one time where he mentioned a peanut butter and jelly quesadilla or tortilla, and I considered it. Heard your other food takes, and I'm not going near that combo. All right. I mean, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I feel like the Ledlam thing was a little bit of a fat joke. I'm not going to let that slide. I'll keep, no, it, it was. I'll it keep wasn't. a note on that mentally. It's okay. <laughs> it, 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 uh, my medium thing is that my my dog. Shout out to my dog Frankie Collins, buzzer beater tonight. Uh, huge oh. comeback. They were down seven with a minute and a half left. It's always good to see uh, people that you once grew close to go out and exceed in the or succeed in the world. So shout out to Frankie. I've always believed in you. My dog, Frank, Franklin himself, coast to coast in five seconds with the game on the line. Nifty little up and under and the foul, by the way, and the one on the ground. We didn't need it, but I would have preferred it for the numbers and the one. So shout out to Frankie. Uh, and my big thing uh Permission to get like semi real for a second. Yeah. Permission granted. Permission granted. I mean, I, I kind of became your show down the stretch when I left you guys. I banned you guys, but um, got a lot of really nice, nice wishes from people today. I put out my first Action Network article, uh, and if people are listening to this and didn't see the tweet, I'm going to be doing a lot of writing over there. It's the first time I've ever been like on a staff as a writer before. So uh, Riley has actually shared some kind words to me in the past that he enjoys some of the writing that we've done for the sleepers newsletter. It actually helped me with confidence a lot because I've never viewed myself as like a, uh, I mean, I, I viewed myself internally as I like reading my writing. I've never viewed myself as like, I could choose that as a profession or do that route. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. action jumped right in shout out to Sean Paul, by the way, who got me in connection with the person who ended up hiring me. And uh, everybody knows my job situation went south two days before the season. But uh, it was really nice. A lot of really nice wishes and congratulations today as I move forward into my next chapter. And so thank you to everybody who uh, did show some love. And also, while that's being said, I would be remiss not to mention the fact that you can't count me out. Okay, if I'm down 0-4 on a daily picks day and it's looking like it's headed for 0-7, I'm going to rattle off three straight, including a two-unit play that needed an 18-point win to make sure we net out even. If you fire me, if you lay me off 48 hours before the college basketball season, I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to come up with more content on this damn channel than has ever happened ever before. We're going to spin it into a positive. We're going to do it in a fun way. We're going to make some money doing it, and everybody's going to have fun. That's my one big thing. I'll see you all next week. and see